0: Every time you give, it's an act of faith that things are not the most important things in your life and that you trust God for your future.
1: Welcome to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur, business owner, and spiritual life coach. Bobby and his brother Glenn own Alliance Sports Group, a collection of hardware and sports product lines including Nebo tools and flashlights sold in over 40,000 retail stores across America. Bobby would like your feedback. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at OnTheBrightSide.org. Now, get ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby.
0: Okay, here's a question nobody has ever asked you before. I don't think. What does exercise and giving have in common? Okay, so the other day... So the other day, while I was in the middle of one of my three times a week workouts, I realized something. I hate exercise. (laughs) Now that may surprise some of you that uh, know my history and are aware that I've been involved in the exercise industry for most of the last 35 years. But even though I have a wealth of knowledge and experience related to all things exercise, And I've even had a hand in creating a few products that people use in their daily uh, exercise routines. I had never admitted, not even to myself, that I don't really like to do it. (laughs) However, I do know that it's good for me. And I know it's necessary for my health and my well-being and I am willing to commit some time and some effort to receive the benefits that come from regular exercise. But if I'm totally honest, I don't enjoy it. Now I know lots of people that are just like me. They try to convince themselves that they like to exercise. But if you ask them if they ever skipped a workout because something else came up or if they didn't feel particularly energetic One day, they did a few less reps on their weights, or they reduced the time on the treadmill. Their answer would almost always be yes. You see, we know we need to exercise, and it's good for us. And we will commit to doing it at some level. And consequently, all of us will reap the benefits according to that level of commitment. Now, it just so happens I happen to know a few people who really do love to exercise. Now, how many of you remember a guy named Jack LaLanne? Now, he was a pioneer in the exercise industry, a a true force. He had a TV show for many years, and I never met anyone who loved exercise like him. He never stopped talking about it, and he never stopped doing it. He had an amazing physique. One time, just to prove what... Great shape he was in, he handcuffed his hands and his feet, and he tied himself to 70 rowboats behind him with people in them, and he swam a mile in Long Beach Harbor on his 70th birthday. Now, Jack passed away last year at the age of 97. He worked out the day before he died. He wouldn't have had it any other way. I've met others who were champions of their sport who were the same way. At some point in their early years, they came to actually love their work and the effort it took so much that it elevated them to a world-class performance. So what does all that have to do with our giving? You see, when we honor God with our tithes, we're living under God's blessing because of our obedience, even if we struggle to do it, even if it's unpleasant for us at times. The word says that to obey is better than sacrifice. The Lord appreciates the act of obedience because it tangibly demonstrates our commitment to him. So when we tithe, we will see the blessings of God in every area of our life. But as great as that is, as great as that is, It's like the benefit I get from my exercise that I don't even really like to do. It's great. But it would be so much more effective if I loved it. The Word shows us that the greatest benefit of tithing and giving is when we learn to love doing it. The Word says, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, For God loves a cheerful giver. You see, if we learn to love being a giver, that's when the Lord can develop our potential as a giver. And it's when we can witness the miraculous things the Lord can do for others and for us through our generosity. You know, the enemy always tempts us with materialism on one hand, and the fear of we'll lose everything we have on the other. That's why tithing and giving are so important. Every time you give, it's an act of faith that things are not the most important things in your life and that you trust God for your future. The word promises us that giving generously always comes back to us. It says, so give generously and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord will bless you in all your works, and in everything that you do. So I want to encourage you today in your giving to begin to love to give. Ask the Lord to help you develop your generous spirit. And I promise you something great will happen. In Jesus' name.
1: We love it when we feel God's presence. But it's important to understand that God is with us whether we feel his presence or not. Up next, no matter where you are or how you feel, Jesus is always with you. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. And now, back to On the Bright Side, as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's
0: perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith. The older I get and the more I know about what goes on in the world, the more I look forward to coming to church on Sunday. Is anybody else like me? Somebody ought to say amen. I mean, I know that God is out there, too, but it's easier to feel His presence in here, isn't it? And you know, having the young people from Radiant Worship here this week, it made me think about something. Because I want the young people to, to hear this. There's nothing better than being in the presence of God. There's nothing like it. There's no substitute for it. It's a wonderful sight to see young people on their feet in praise and worship. And that's one of the main reasons we love to come to church is because it's easy to feel God's presence. And I want to encourage some of you today, and especially young people who sometimes are struggling to feel like God is with you when you're out there. Because out there, you know, it's a jungle, it's a rat race, there's a lot of noise out there. And we know that God is with us out there, but sometimes if we're honest, We don't feel like it. And I know there are many of you who are going through stuff right now. And you need to be reminded that God is there for you out there. And the reason that we know this is because our commitment to Christ is not based on our feeling. It's based on our faith. We love it when we feel God's presence. But it's so important to understand that God is with us whether we feel His presence or not. We're sure of this promise a number of times. The Lord said in Matthew, I'm with you always. Always. Even until the end of the age. You see, He's there. Even when you don't think so. Do you remember the story about The only survivor of a shipwreck. He washed up on some deserted island. He was thankful to be alive, but he prayed every day that God would rescue him. But those days turned into months. And eventually he built a small wooden hut to protect him from the elements. One day while he was out looking for food, lightning struck his little hut. And he returned to find it in flames. He was distraught. With everything gone, he had given up hope. But when morning came, he was awakened by the sound of an approaching ship. Finally, he was rescued. He asked the captain, how did you find me? The captain said, it's easy. We saw a lot of smoke coming from the island. We followed it straight here. You see, it doesn't matter how we feel. He's there. It doesn't matter what we're going through. He's there. Your situation may go from bad to worse, but our Heavenly Father is right there watching over us. His Son, Jesus, right there, walking beside us, reachable, approachable, able to confide in and lead our every step. And right there is our Holy Spirit, able to penetrate and activate His will and purpose in our life. What I'm saying is, There's even more to our relationship with God than the feeling we have when we experience His presence. It's our faith, not just our feelings that we trust. And the most important thing is this our faith is based on and built on His Word. There's truth in His Word, there's strength, there's wisdom, there's healing. And there's faith in the Word of God. The Word says this, The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. There's an old saying like this, Feed your faith and your doubts will starve to death. You feed your faith through the Word of God. He's there. He's there, whether you are feeling it or not. And let me tell you that when you give your life to Christ and you live by faith, you have the assurances that Apostle Paul is talking about. When he said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, our hardship, our persecution, our famine, our nakedness, our danger, our sword? He goes on to say, no. In all these things, we are what? We are more than conquerors through him who loves us. You see, when the storms come, it's our faith, not our feelings, that gets us through. Because when we're going through it, sometimes that's all we have. We don't understand why we're going through it or how we're going to get through it. But because of our faith, we know that we will. He's here for you today. And He's out there for you today too. But by faith, no matter where you are, and no matter how you feel, isn't it great to know that Jesus is with us? He'll never leave us. Jesus is always with you. Always with
1: you did you know that christians are not meant to live in fear but meant to live in faith stay tuned to hear how you can break free of fear in your life on the bright side we'll be right back i love the intense brightness and durability of nebo tools flashlights listen my neighbor lost his keys and i asked if he had checked under the seat of his car he had but i handed him my nebo tools second generation slide king flashlight and i told him to look again he found the keys My neighbor was impressed. This flashlight is so bright, I want one of these, he says. So I ordered him Nevo Tools second generation Slide King flashlight. An amazing high power 500 lumen flashlight, chips on board work light, red light, and red hazard flasher. It's equipped with programmable memory settings for each light mode We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the Bright Side.
0: Listen to this. President Franklin D. Roosevelt was famous for saying these words in his first inaugural address. He said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. At the time, he was speaking to the people during the Great Depression. It's very uncertain times. People were afraid. You know, there are lots of things that can bring fear into our life. Every time we face a serious problem or a change in our life, the first emotion that typically hits us is fear. And then our mind and our thoughts go on overload with What if questions, what if this happens? What if that happens? The questions that drive our fears even further. And when this happens, when fear rises up in us, it's important for us to remember that as Christians, as believers in Christ, we are not meant to fear but are to overcome our fears. The word says that God is love And it also says that there is no fear in love. But perfect love, that's the only kind that God has, drives out fear. So it's natural to feel fearful. And fear doesn't always go away. But it can be overcome through faith in God. So I want to encourage those this morning who sometimes struggle with fear in your life by reminding you of three simple truths. The first one is you have to have the right perspective on fear. If you think about where you are in your life right now, there are probably some things that you used to get anxious and fearful about that you don't now. Learning to trust God and overcoming our fear is a process. As we walk with him, he continues to strengthen us And to steady us. You see, if God removed all fear from our future, we would never grow and learn to trust Him. He permits difficulty in our lives because He's trying to reveal something that needs strengthening or changing in us. The second truth is this we have to face our fears, we have to face our fear. My daughter Ashley, who lives in Louisiana and whose husband was out of town, called us yesterday and put us on the speakerphone while she came face to face with her greatest fear, a cockroach in the kitchen. (laughs) So even though it took about 30 minutes of support from us over the phone, she battled the ferocious roach demon and eventually defeated it. But we have to face our fears. One of the definitions of fear is to take flight. So when the word says, fear not, for I am with you, it's saying, don't run. There's no need to run, because I'm right here with you. It's when we face our fears, that we learn that failure isn't final. The only people that never fail are the ones who never try and it takes courage to face our fears but understand this courage is not the absence of fear it's the pressing on while the feeling of fear is still present and finally to overcome our fears we have to believe God when he says I'll be with you in the Bible the basis for not fearing is simply that God is with us when Moses died, and Joshua was chosen to take his place, God encouraged Joshua by saying, Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is where you is with you wherever you go. And when we believe God is with us all the time, we don't have to worry about what he's going to do and what's going to happen, just knowing that he's with us is more than enough. When we have the right perspective on fear, when we learn to face our fears, and we trust that God is always with us, that's when we can break free from the paralysis of fear that brings that fear brings and live overcoming lives. It's been said that trusting God is like walking in a fog sometimes. We can only see one or two steps in front of us. But as we take each step, the next one becomes clearer. No, we are not meant to live in fear, but to walk in faith. And I love the fact that the Apostle Paul pretty much mentioned all the things that we're prone to fear in this single verse in Romans when he said this. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Say that with me. We are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, we fear that, nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, neither heights nor depth, nor anything, else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us. We're not meant to live in fear, but meant to live in faith.